You're listening to The Acoustic Sunset, a weekly podcast bringing you live music, storytelling, and street-side interviews, all brought to you by Putnam's Pub and Cooker at 419 Myrtle Avenue in Clinton Hill. I'm your host, Carl Banks, and each week we bring you a couple special guests. This week, uh, we're going to hear from Inside Voices, um, and then a repeat performance by Memento Mori and Monster Furniture. So please sit back and enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 30, the triple decade of podcast episodes. So 30 weeks of doing this podcast, pretty cool. Um, I know if you're a frequent listener, you know we were off last week. Um, what happened was I was traveling um, to Missouri, so we didn't have the show. And I was, generally, we still try to do some sort of fun interview or something. But uh, I was, my schedule was just a little bit too, too crazy to get anything in in that time. And I took the audio recorder with me to uh, Gypsy, Missouri, where this, I played this private event. And um, uh, I just didn't ever get it out. <laughs> it was just too much drinking. And uh, when we were playing the show, it just was, you know, another thing we, I just never, I never did. <laughs> my hands were too filled up with uh, liquor and beer and... Um, and then guitar. So <laughs> so we took a week off. Sorry about that. But we're back this week. And uh, we have three great performers for you. Uh, we're going to hear first from uh, Inside Voices. And uh, it's uh, friend Justin. And um, he does a really great job uh, of performing. And uh, we have a really nice interview afterwards. Now Gabe, who is um, goes under Monster Furniture, who we'll hear from second, uh, he put me in touch with Justin. He's friends with him. And uh, also Freddie, who you've heard from before. Now, the thing about these three cats is they're all in a band together called Trash Gendar. And they're playing at the cake shop uh, later this month. And uh, like I said, Gabe put me in touch with uh, Justin and then Freddie, I know, um, from the True False Film Festival, and uh, it was just a really fun night. They came out, and they brought a nice little crowd, and uh, we jammed out all night. So we're going to get to all of that soon, but I do like to catch you up on a little bit of uh, stuff that's going on with me at the beginning of the podcast. First off, uh, the website is Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at Gmail. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, just send an email that way uh, to me that way. I'd love to hear from you. Um, also, I do want to tell you that I'm playing, this is going to come out on a Monday. I'm playing that night, tonight, at uh, Pete's Candy Store. That's, um, what month is it? June? That's June 20th at 8.30. I'll be playing, and uh, that's going to be, um, I don't know if you if you ever been to Pete's before, if you're in Brooklyn, it's like a really cool listening room and you can do really, I like doing storytelling and it's really um, set up for that. So uh, if you can, come to that. And then also in the future, in July 3rd, um, that's like, you know, the day before 4th of July, it's a Sunday, um, we won't be doing the Acoustic Sunset. I'm going to be playing at Rockwood Music Hall at Stage 3. Now, Stage 3 is a, it's downstairs at Rockwood, and um, it also is a very, um, it's just a great listening room. Very quiet, There's, everybody is seated, and nice little stage. So, um, I'm going to have, um, uh, it's a ticketed event, so I'll have a link to uh, ticket sales and stuff. Um, you can check out all of my social media stuff and my websites um, if you want to buy tickets for that. I think we set the tickets at 10, 10 bucks. So um, it's a cover charge, but it goes to uh, to the band. So, well, a little bit 
a lot of it goes to Rockwood, but <laughs> it also goes to me too. So I'd love to see you uh, come out to that. Um, yesterday, we're recording this on Sunday, Sunday night, and um, we're not doing a show tonight at Putnam's because they've been showing the um, NBA Finals. Uh, they pulled out, they dropped the screen down, and they've been turning the... the um, sound on and everything and uh it's just not a uh, battle we want to fight so we're not going to be doing music there tonight we're going to let them do that uh we'll be back at it next week um with a bunch of really great guests uh people you've probably heard before but um really want you to come out we um i'm not sure how many we might take a little break from the unplugged uh, i'm sorry from the acoustic sunset for the summer um so uh this sunday or next sunday i should say um, the coming, uh, the Sunday co- uh, approaching us soon, uh, we'll be doing kind of a big show. So if you, uh, haven't come out and you've been thinking about it, please do, because it's going to be, it's going to be a really fun night and we're going to be having a good time. Um, like I said, it's Sunday today. Yesterday was, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I kind of promoted it a little bit, was the porch stomp. And I went out to, um, to Governor's Island and it was kind of cool. They have this, there's one area with all these little houses all around. I don't know if it was like military housing or something at one, at one point, but it was all acoustic and every little porch had its own little, it was like a stage and they had their own little thing going on. And um, Owl and Wolf, who I mentioned this before, but they had played the podcast before, had played at Putnam's Acoustic Sunset, um, Danny Marie and Will Hansa. Uh, they put together, they have this thing called Brookladelphia, and they put together a Brookladelphia stage there, and I went out and played that yesterday, and I had never been to Governor's Island before, which is, if you're not familiar, if you're not from New York, it's this little island right off um, lower Manhattan. So you take a ferry out there, and it's just like this, it's like a five-minute ferry ride, but it's absolutely gorgeous. You just cruise down right through lower Manhattan, and the buildings are just like towering over you, you know? And you just cruise over to Governor's Island and then, you know, you get off and it's this really cool little island and there's like bike paths all around and it was just a really good time. So we went over there and um, Jessica Frampton, who also has played on the podcast, she sang with me and um, she went over with me and her daughter Helena came along and we just had this awesome day hanging out in the sun and I got like super toasted on <laughs> I didn't put any on any sunscreen beforehand and I'd like run every day so I th- thought I had like a pretty good base tan but no I got like super super crispy after that but we played on the porch uh, Owl and Wolf played and then we got to introduce to a bunch of other uh, great musical acts uh, actually this girl Megan interestingly enough um, that I met who played at the on the stage was um she did the Vans Warp Tour acoustic basement show, and uh, my friend Roscoe, who's on in this band Onward ETC, also played that. And she knew Roscoe. It's just kind of like one of those crazy moments of like, you know Roscoe, I know Roscoe. You know, let's let's be friends or whatever. <laughs> so it was cool. Porch Stomp was just like uh, a whole lot of fun. And when you're playing like acoustic shows like that, it's kind of it's interesting because. When you're playing a lot of gigs, every, you're plugged in all the time, you know? And then to really play acoustic, it's kind of crazy because uh, it, it changes everything, you know? I like, I'm a fingerpick style guitar player, and I was playing with a pick just for projection, you know, just to get loud enough. Um, and also, another interesting thing about these type of events is that you want to get uh, people to come around. So, like, as soon as anybody applauds, then, like... Um, 
more people are apt to come over and, and look like, oh, what's going on in this stage? So it's kind of an exercise in, um, in performance and, and sort of like busking in a way where you want to like put on a show and, and be loud and like get people to come over and, and look at you. And it worked out and we had a great time. And this little, <laughs> there was this little girl named Lily and she came over and she watched us play for a little bit and then went on her way uh, on her little scooter. And then as we were waiting for the ferry to go back to Brooklyn, she came up and she just, she came up to us and said, nice concert. And uh, Jessica was like, did you say costume? And she's like, no, concert. I saw you playing earlier. And I remembered seeing her watch us. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. And she asked if she could get out the guitar. And so we got out. First, she asked if I could, if she could play my harmonicas. And I was like, no, that's not a, an instrument you can share with anybody. It's like <laughs> sharing your toothbrush or something. And, uh, but I, I, I got them out and showed her how, how it works and how the rack, because I play mine in a rack, how that works and everything. And then she asked if we could get the guitar out. She got it out and started jamming on it. And we were like pushing the chords down on the fretboard and she was playing. And then she started just freestyle singing. And it was like, it was some of the funniest and like, I don't know, it was great, man. She was just so good. And she was, she said she was graduating from kindergarten. So she's probably five years old or something. And just was like absolutely killing it. It was just like the cutest little thing. And then came back and it was a wonderful time. So that was Porch Stomp. So big thanks to uh, Danny Marie and um, Will from uh, Brookladelphia and uh, Owl and Wolf because they put that on. And I really appreciate it. It was a fun, it was a fun time. So like I said, I just want to promote again one more time my shows. July 3rd, I'll be at Rockwood Music Hall. And then t- tonight, I'll be at Pete's Candy Store if you can swing swing by there. Um, I'd like to start out also with a story. And I wanted to just tell you about... We talk a lot about gear in the interviews later on in the podcast with the people I interview. So I want to tell you about my first piece of real gear that I got. And that was my Fender... No, I'm sorry. Strike that. It was a PVPA. And we played this whole show that you're going to hear through Freddy's uh, PV amp. And uh, I'm not, I have no real brand loyalty, but I do, I dig PV because that was my very first PA. And I got it, I was living in Cape Girardeau at the time and I was playing a lot of open mics and my friend Greg um, was uh, waiting, waiting tables at this sushi place. And the SEMO jazz band was supposed to, there was like some jazz band that was supposed to play at the sushi place. Last minute they uh, cancel and he's like, hey, I got a friend that can do it. So he calls me up and he's like, do you want to play at our sushi place tonight? I think it was called Saffron. And I was like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, I'll do it for free. So I went to Chivalbines, which is the, the music store in Cape Girardeau. And this is like, this is what I miss about not living in a small town in Missouri anymore because I went to Chivalbines and I just told them what was going on. You know, I have this gig tonight. Um, I need a little PA. And they show me this PV Escort. Now, the PV Escort is very similar to the Fender Passport. It's, um, they're basically a 100-watt amp PA and with you know four channels on it or something with an e- with EQ and faders and stuff and then the speakers uh, on the PV go right on top of the soundboard on the fender they go onto the side but it basically all goes in together as one unit which is really convenient if you're you know gigging around but it's like a 100 watt uh, PA it's not like that big and I remember when he when the guy's name was um what was his name his name was um, Pat. No, Kenny. 
Kenny was like telling me about it. And he was like, you know, this is good for bar mitzvahs or church events or something. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be playing some rock and roll on it. But either way, they just let me have it. No no credit card. I didn't have a credit card. They they just gave it to me. And he was like, you know, if you like it, bring it back or come back in and just pay for it, you know, and we can even set up a payment plan. But it's like that's what... That's how awesome like small town music stores can be because they would just give it to you because they know you. I was in there every week buying strings. They see me all the time. So they give me this this PV uh, Escort. I take it to the gig and I use it and it just it worked out really well. And I went back in. I think it was like a $600 PA. I think I got it for like four $420 or something like that. Like they gave me a huge discount on it and I paid cash for it right there and then that was just my gear that was what i used for years and years and i was playing a lot of gigs and not huge shows but i was playing big bars and everything and because it was just me guitar and and vocal mic and then every once in a while my friend will would play like uh kunga drums and we would mic his drums a little bit or maybe another guitar every once in a while um but we never really peaked out the pa because it was just like you know two two inputs or whatever and I used that thing forever. And then there was like, I remember that the um, there were mic stand or there were speaker stands that also went into the soundboard too. And the speaker stand lost this little peg that held it up. So we had this piece of a wire hanger we would like stick in there. And it was like, if you lost the piece from the wire hanger, it was like, fuck, we need to find that piece again. We're like searching all around for it. And the, the wire hanger stuck with us for with me for years and years. And my friend Will used to go to all my shows with me, and he was my quote-unquote sound guy. And like I said, it was two, two channels. <laughs> it was no sound to be done. It was like put it up to 10, and that was it. But uh, he would get free beer and stuff, so <laughs> he would go and do that. And Will was one of the guys that played with me in Gypsy, Missouri this past or uh, last weekend, so... Uh, it was great to see him, and we've been doing it the whole time. But I had this PVPA, just I had it for forever, you know, and I was like just playing all sorts of gigs with it, got, you know, more than paid for itself within the first year, and then I had it for years after that and would use it all the time. Um, I was moving from Cape Girardeau to Texas, and it was like graduation weekend at, in this college town, and I was playing at this at, at this bar it was called Buckner's and the deal was a third of the bar sales which is usually kind of a shitty deal that they give the shitty bands or whatever but I knew it was graduation weekend so I was like whatever it's going to be packed a third of the bar sales it's going to be a large chunk of change so the end of the night I go I put all my I'm, I'm like breaking down and stuff and they bring the money over and they bring me like 125 bucks and I was like and I'm moving like the next day I'm leaving town and I'm like I need the money and I, it's just like it's more it, it's not right you know i'm like i was like i called the owner over and i was like you're gonna give me 125 bucks i was like show me uh, some sort of report or some sort of cash register thing that says you know that you only made 500 bucks tonight because this place was packed all night and everything and she was just like i don't have to show you anything and i was like that's because you're fucking lying to me and I start just like laying into her and just yelling I threw the money back on the bar I was like I don't even want your fucking money <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time who I was uh 
moving to Texas with just like, yeah, yeah, we do actually want this money. And she like scoops it up off the bar, you know, and I got so mad and I, and I was just like irate because I, was get, I knew I was getting screwed out of money, but you know, what are you going to do? And I go and I pick up one of the speakers and as I turn, it falls out of my hand and boom, I break the magnet on the back of the speaker. So now I got this PV um, PA that like one of the speakers is all jacked up. There's no pin for the <laughs> speaker stand. It's just, it's looking a little rough. So um, time goes by. I moved to Texas. That doesn't fucking work out at all. So I moved back to St. Louis. And I, I want to, at this point, I'm going to put, I'm all in on music. So I want to get myself a nice new PA system. So I'm going to go sell my PV at a pawn shop so I can have a little bit of dough uh, and go and try to buy a bigger, a graduated PA system or whatever. So I go to this pawn shop over on South Grand and, uh, you know, like I said, I spent 400 when I bought it. It was listed at 600 and the guy's like, I'll give you 75 for it. And I was like, what? You know, this is worth way more than 75 bucks. And then he was like, you know, I'm like, I was expecting at least to get 200 and he was like, you know, I 75, that's the only offer. And I'm like, well, I, I could use 75 bucks or whatever. And he's like, well, we got to check and make sure that it works. And at this point, I get this like cold sweat because I'm like, I know one of the speakers. It worked. It just had no, it was all treble. There was no bass in it for whatever reason. I don't know that much about speakers, but I know the magnet was broken and whatever. So through some act of God, I don't know, he, he takes the two speakers off of the soundboard. He faces one to himself and he faces one to me. Now, I don't really remember which one is broken and which one isn't, but thankfully he points the one that's broken to me and the one that works just fine to himself and we plug it in and he plugs a mic in and he, you know, goes through a little test to make sure that it's all working and, uh, and then he... he Bought it for 75 bucks without knowing that the one speaker was kind of jacked up. <laughs> Thank God, because I really needed that 75 bucks at the time. But my point is that this PA system was just given to me. And then for years, I used it and used it and used it. And it was great and wonderful. And, you know, it had its quirks and everything, but it was great. And then eventually, I sold it. And it, it ran its course. And then at a certain point, it was time to move on. You know, it was just time, time to go. So like that's, that's how what you learn about music is like things come in, they're great and they run their course and then they leave. And then that's right for gigs and gear and friends and bands and all of that. It's like they just come in and then you experience them and then, and then they go. Just like that PV Escort. PA system that I had for years. So we're going to get to live music right now. Up first, we're going to hear from Justin, uh, aka Inside Voices. And you'll hear, uh, you'll hear from him uh, in the interview afterwards that he comes from Austin and his band is still in Austin, but he's been playing some sol solo shows around as Inside Voices. And um, he's just a, a great I think he even says he doesn't like to be necessarily called a singer-songwriter. But let's be honest, if you're a musician, you're a singer, and you're a songwriter, that's how, that's how it works. So he's a great singer-songwriter and, uh, and a good friend now. So we're going to hear from Inside Voices right now.
legs against the strange the stain that lines the walls and the fingernails that dig a hand that's touching yours and you've never met them and there we go again who's keeping distance Justin from Inside Voices. You finished your set. How do you feel? I feel good, man. Yeah, feel good. Yeah. So you're originally originally from Austin, or are you just 
yeah. came from Austin. Well, yeah, we, my wife and I came from Austin. Okay. My band is still in Austin. <laughs> um, and you're doing solo shows. Doing solo shows as under that name, uh-huh. just to sort of keep Playing the those momentum. Songs and, too. Yeah, and in between, uh, since we moved here, we've gone on two tours. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, so in the meantime, it's something I don't usually, it's not something I would really lean towards doing as far as like playing solo. Uh-huh. I don't consider myself necessarily like a singer-songwriter. I like the whole band, band. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but it's been really, been really cool. What brought it's, you to, to New York? Uh, honestly, scene, yeah, or? change of scenery. I wasn't, honestly, at first quite ready to leave. Yeah. I, I'm actually an illustrator as well, and I was finishing a, a pilot episode for a cartoon that I was working on with a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. um, we finished that, we premiered it, and, um, did a few screenings of this cartoon called Hillbilly Philosopher, and then That's cool. right after we finished that, thank you, um, my, my wife had been wanting to move here for a while. She wasn't my wife then, but we just got married. Oh, cool. Uh, Congrats. About a little less than a year ago. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's been wanting to move here. She's in publishing, um, okay. so, and she's a writer, so... Yeah, naturally we came to New York, and yeah. um, it's honestly been like one of the best experiences oh, for both of us. It's so a, good to a, hear. a growing experience, and uh, I feel like we've learned a lot about, of course, each other, but like just ourselves individually, right? And just like learning how to uh, do everything you can within your comfort zone and outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. So, New York I, will definitely put as you, you know, outside. I know of you're your not from zone. here either. No, so. I'm from St. Louis, and but I'm, cool. I'm glad to hear that because I was. I was interested to see if you were going to be like, I long for the Austin days or something, but it seems like... I do long for it. Right. I mean, you miss it. Yes. It's a great city, mm-hmm. but New York City is it's, a fucking yeah. great city, too. Yeah. <laughs> I always think about when I I'm like walking friends. around in yeah. the Lower East Side sure. and bands are loading in, loading out, you yeah. know, like on the loan stuff. And I just think about like, okay, Austin, live music capital of the world, Nashville, Music City, USA whatever all yeah. these places and then it's like New York is just fucking New York you know it's like they don't need a, a title there's because not it's an explanation just, yeah, right it's, it's, it's like it's the center of enter- all sorts of entertainment publishing music sure, you know yeah. but definitely the guitars I think sound better in Austin <laughs> there's, I, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of really good guitar players there so um, absolutely do you have music out um, that people can find online yeah uh I say I do, we do, we and do. I do uh, separately too, but um, yeah, so Inside Voices, right before I moved here, we recorded an album at um, High, Public Hi-Fi Studios, which is Jim Eno of the band Spoon. Oh, okay. Um, our, our guitar player, Matt, is the engineer at that studio, so we oh, got wow. a, a, a great deal. Thank you, Jim <laughs> Eno, if you're listening. Um, yeah, so we, we released that, and we toured with it, and... Oh, cool. um, yeah, since then I've been recording stuff on my own. Some of the stuff that I played tonight, um, I've never, like I said, the solo thing is new to me, so I've been doing a lot of looping and uh-huh. learning how to just play by myself and make it more interesting, as I mentioned to you before. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with the intention to keep it going. So we're planning another tour, another hopefully, tour. in the in next... In the fall? Uh, or? Yeah, it'd be in the fall, and um, it's sort of up in the air at the moment. Yeah, I know and, how that goes. Yeah, yeah, new jobs. My wife and I both have sort of new jobs. And oh, yeah. And are working on other stuff, so it's just... And then I'm playing with... The two guys that played before, or, right. or after me, Freddie and Gabe, we have a band called Trash Gender together that's completely different than Inside Voices, and it's <laughs> it's been a really, um, just part of that, yeah, growing experience. Are you, and you, is Trash Gender playing a show coming up sometime soon? Yeah, I think we're playing at the Cake Shop on okay. the 23rd, I could be wrong, I know that Gabe and Fred will be doing an interview right after <laughs> yeah, me and they will I'll be able to solidify guys, that date. Yeah. I'll ask each one of you individually sure. and see if you guys all know because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we've been playing like a, shop, a yeah. lot. Yeah, we, I feel like we play like three shows a month and we've been recording 
a, a second EP okay. together, and we're doing also a few other singles that we're going to be releasing. Sounds too. like you're killing it, man. Well, uh, I like to talk a little bit about songwriting. You say you don't sure. necessarily consider yourself a singer and a songwriter, like in I guess that that's specific. That's kind of a lie, but yeah. No, I get I get what you mean, of course, because sure. it's not that sort of, uh, I don't know, James Taylor style or something like that. Yeah, I guess that's what I meant. Sure. Um, when you write songs, is it, do you, and I know it's different every time, but this is yeah. sort of generally, do, do you do melody first or do you come up with guitar riffs first and then sort sure. of lyrics over that? That's a really good question. I feel like it changes almost every time. Uh -huh. uh, but typically, oh. <laughs> and lately it's been, um, it's always a guitar lick I come up with and yeah. then I will, I will build on that and then... Uh -huh. It's funny, even tonight, there's one song that I literally, I just freestyle and wing the, I, I have the melody, but the words, and I don't, I don't do that all the time, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's usually the, the music first, and then I have notebooks, like notebooks full of uh, lyrics, lyrics and just, yeah. sto like, short stories and things that I write that I'll pull from, or, um, so yeah, that, I feel like it's usually in that order. Yeah. It's uh, great so to have yeah. that, uh, that network or not network but that um i don't know vault of lyrics in the with the notebook you know for I sure do the same yeah. thing. i'm writing constantly not necessarily for anything but then sometimes right. you go back and there's a line or like something uh, i yeah, heard absolutely. interestingly that like and i think there's some truth to it that all songs are short stories and uh, i kind of like that you know i think it's there's some truth to that yeah absolutely I and mean, it's all based off of our individual experiences and maybe that of others and we create our own stories within that or we relate to it in some way or another and, right uh, so yeah yeah well thanks for playing man uh, yeah, one more time you. can we plug your do you have social media stuff for Inside Voices yeah like, I do uh, we do so Inside Voices Band is uh, our Instagram okay Inside Voices Band we have uh, insidevoices.bandcamp.com okay. that whole thing and we're on Facebook and you can find me just type in my name Justin Bouchard uh, it's a very difficult last name. You can spell that out from the website, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. from our email that we've right. exchanged. Um, but yeah, check out my illustrations as well. That's a, another thing that I do here in New York. And um, cool, yeah, check well, it out. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for playing, man. You sounded great. Thanks for having I us. Appreciate it. Right back at you. Yeah, thanks. All right, thanks a lot, Justin. He did a great job and uh, sounded really great. And it was a lot of fun to talk to him and get to know him this night at, um, at Putnam. So I really appreciate it. Inside Voices, check them out on the web. All right, up next uh, we have Gabe, a.k.a. Monster Furniture. And um, we talk a lot about um, the rub ru Converse Rubber Track Studio and stuff. And it's a really, this really cool studio in Williamsburg. And a lot of people... Um, a lot of cool new bands get to go and record there. They're really interested in recording new and interesting music. So it's cool that Trash Gendar and um, Gabe even got to go do it on, on his own, uh, which is cool. My friend Rocky, uh, there was a time when I lived in Bushwick, and we had um, our friend Rocky came out to New York. He's a rapper, Rockwell Knuckles, and uh, he's a great rapper. Absolutely excellent. But he, he was making a move and came out to New York and was crashing on our couch for a little bit. I was going on the road, and so it worked out to where, like, uh, we could split our rent three ways. He And then I was, like, gone for a while. He moved into my room, and then when I came back, he was on the couch, and we were all just really good friends and stuff. Uh, Rocky actually recorded at Converse Rubber Tracks, and they did this thing where... Uh, they put a list of music, and they, they basically shopped music to NYU film students, and these film students got to pick a song, and then Converse gave them like this like 
$8,000 budget to record a, uh, a video. And so Rocky, Rocky recorded his video and he needed extras in the video. And I got to go and, and like be an extra in his video. And there's another funny story because his friends came in from out of town, Nick Whiteout, um, who is also this amazing, uh, rapper from St. Louis, he comes in and Rocky, like we make pancakes in the, he makes some pancakes in the morning and we all get on the, on the subway. And for whatever reason, he, Nick was just like not used to the subway and it made him like a little motion sick or something. And this guy, he just gets totally white on the subway and we all know he's going to puke. And we're all, he's like standing in front of the door and the subway like goes to the stop and the door is like not opening and we're all just like, oh my God, oh my God, open, open. As soon as the door opens, he like bolts out and runs to this trash can and is like puking in the trash can and stuff. And it was funny because everybody on the train is like going to work in the morning, you know, it's like 8.30 in the morning. And they all, of course, think he's been out like drinking all night, but he's not. He just like flew in from St. Louis to be in his buddy's music video and then like I don't know, he was either poisoned by some blueberries or had motion sickness or something, but it was a really fun time. So uh, we're going to hear from Gabe right now. This is Monster Furniture. Like we talk about it in the interview, he's playing on this really cool guitar that he found from from Converse Rubber Track Studios, and um, I think you're going to like it. This is Gabe, a.k.a. Monster Furniture. without their engines bear fruit for urban harvest but all my talking points and hammers couldn't force rectangles into squares and even though the math was there I know 
takes magic I know that it takes magic But sometimes our schematics They don't get it right They don't get it right Don't get it right Gabe, Monster Furniture, just finished your set. How do you feel? I feel great, man. Yeah. Uh, good night. Had I told you that before. This yeah, yeah. Is, I, I did this uh, in January. Yeah. I think I played with you or whatever, and it was uh, an absolute treat. Time flies by, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, you sounded great, man. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the gear that you were using tonight. You had a really hot-looking guitar there. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I could talk for hours oh. about... Uh, it's a Fender Jaguarillo. Okay. It's like the Pawn Shop series. Uh -huh. um, Do you know the year by any chance? Is it new? I have or? no idea, man. Okay. I, I don't know when they were making them. I think, like, early 2000s. Okay. And I think it's... I don't know this. I'm kind of speculating here just because I had to look, like, for fucking ever to find one. But... I think it's like one of those things where they made like a small number of them because it was like one of those pawn shop kind of like hybridy like bullshitty guitars or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They made a small number of them, and I think it's just like the kind of thing where like they made them and the people who got them like just didn't want to sell them. Yeah, so I had I to look them. for like a while to find one. How did you talk, tell the story about okay. how you first? Yeah, found yeah, the guitar? sure. All right, so I was recording at uh, Converse Rubber Tracks in Williamsburg with my band Trash Gender, and. Um, it was one of their studio guitars. I knew the studio gear that they had was going to be better than the stuff I had. <laughs> so I was like, for sure, okay, this one feels great in my hands. Going to record this whole EP on uh -huh. this uh, guitar. It was amazing. It was the best guitar I'd ever played. Yeah. And I contacted oh, awesome. the studio like within a week of recording and was like, can I buy this from you guys? And they were like, no, it belongs to Converse. <laughs> and so oh, then I just on. like scouted. Like, I was like, where? I actually ended up having like a nice rapport with... Uh, uh, Benjamin at Rubber Tracks is a really cool guy uh -huh. and ended up kind of like establishing this like you know like relationship with him just based on me being like where can I find <laughs> one right, man yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like have you checked eBay and I was like yeah of course anyway so we had this back and forth for a while where did you eventually find it just a random seller in California it wasn't even through eBay or something it really? was just like I kept googling like once a week I would get on Google and just uh -huh. be like Fender up. Jaguarillo and eventually like I found somebody selling through 
some like little like used gear website or whatever that I think was maybe even local to like his like area of California. I don't right. I don't even remember where it was, but found this guitar. Um, yeah, and it was just like, what do you want for it, man? Like <laughs> the absolute worst way to exactly. negotiate. No, I know that was the deal. thing. Is I was just like, fuck it though. Like I yeah, get it. Like gotta, I'm I'm on the defensive here. Right, and, and usually they're musicians to sell. No, yeah, stuff, so. no, he totally got well, it. It looks great too. It looks it doesn't look very worn or anything. So no, it was a good condition for sure. Pretty new. Um, yeah, but so I don't know the year or right. anything. I don't really know much about the instrument, but <laughs> it, it is cool. a clone of the one that I fell in love oh, with. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like. You <laughs> but then it was it's funny because the then game. I went back to Rubber Tracks to uh-huh. record um, a solo EP, and and I also went back again. Was that for Monster Furniture? For Monster was... Furniture, exactly. So I went back to record a solo EP, and that, you know they still had that same guitar, but I had brought my own. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this old oh, thing? Like, yes, you may recall this from your own studio. Like, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Did you play a song tonight that you uh, thought went well that we could maybe include in the podcast? I forget which one we used last time. Last you? time you guys used blankets, okay, which yeah. is frustrating because I actually thought like we slayed blankets tonight. That's one of the oh, ones okay. that I have Freddie on. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, memento mori for you listeners. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know, man. Um, let's see. We can pick one, but we we builders sounded pretty good. We builders was. Uh, well, whatever. I'll point it out to you. On okay. Themselves. We builders sounded pretty good. I thought. Yeah, though. yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that song? Just about. Sure. Um, Inspiration behind it, the way yeah, you kind of wrote it. Totally. This is another one I could go on at length about. All right. Uh, well, we got. <laughs> I, I think we got like three more hours on the audio recording. Cool. So. All right. We'll start now, and then in two hours, stop me if it's okay, been too long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll um, give you the red flag. So we builders ended up being this song that's kind of the mission statement for this songwriting project that I was working on last year. I wrote this album-length group of songs that I'm currently in the process of recording Mm -hmm. that were inspired in equal parts by uh, a really nasty breakup I went through and my experiences building Ikea furniture when I moved into this apartment that I moved into last year. After the breakup? Uh, It was kind of it was kind of concurrent with so she helped move we built a lot of stuff together from Ikea. We went to Ikea together. Everyone knows that's kind of a trying experience, you know, when you're with like a partner or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, we Builders was kind of the mission statement for that whole uh, project. But each, each other than We Builders, We Builders is the last song on the album. I'm, uh-huh. I'm like recording it right now. Um, every other song on it is the name of a specific piece of furniture in my apartment oh, okay. from Ikea or whatever. Oh. So, like, one of the other ones I played tonight, like, Bjorn Locaruda, you know, it's oh, like... like I another, get it now. Right. So yeah. then there's one called Marcus that's about my chair, you know, and there's one <laughs> called, like, Kivik and Kvissel and, you know, Fjelsa. Exactly. Um, but so We Builders is, is the is the final song on the album uh-huh. it's the one that's Ties kind of it all together exactly exactly it, where you make it did they still have those little allen wrenches at the time totally man oh, totally absolutely <laughs> absolutely and you lose it and then you're fucked like you <laughs> right, can't, exactly you're never repairing this. i heard i heard my friend drew told me that they've changed now and they have regular phillips head flatheads or something okay well that's like very very recent I guess. <laughs> yeah i haven't i don't know i haven't yeah. been in many years so <laughs> oh my god man how do you do it like where are you getting your furniture from? <laughs> i just move every three months <laughs> yeah, or so there you go. Okay. New apartment, <laughs> right? And uh, I just have a yoga mat. That's all I need. In life. <laughs> yeah, Not really, yeah. but I do aspire to be that level of a hippie where I could just, where you could just be like, have a yoga mat. And the that's floor all is my furniture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The world is my gym. I'm not there yet, yeah. but someday. Yeah, one I'm day. Barefoot dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like for that song, do you write? Is it music, lyrics, or lyrics then music, or just kind of both all together? I'm you clearly had the idea for the right. So I'm I'm 
I'm one of those guys where I I do music first and I land on a melody that I refuse to divorce myself <laughs> from. And so then I have to fit words into uh-huh. it. And sometimes I'll give wiggle room, but like right. usually not. But a lot of the times it's also like I'll, I'll land on like a lick or something. This is very much the case for We Builders. Uh-huh. I'll land on a lick, which is the lick in the chorus of We Builders that I like, uh-huh. and start singing the first thing that comes to my mind. In this case, it was, I know it takes magic. I right. know it takes magic over mm-hmm. and over again. And then I'll kind of build around that. And then halfway through writing words inspired by that, I'll realize what the fuck I'm talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then it's just like, oh my God. And then I'll go back and edit everything to make it more neatly fit that message. Right, so, it fits in the meter. Yeah. And the in some ways, We Builders is like, is like it more directly, I think, like than any other song that I played tonight, like demonstrates like my process or whatever. Oh, cool. That's like a classic monster furniture. Oh, that, that's how I write. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> well, um, so... Uh, Going back to Rubber Tracks, you did how many songs do you do on your EP that you recorded there? I recorded four songs for the EP there. And you say you have a total of how many for this mo- for Monster Furniture? I don't know. I, for the EP? Yeah, for the well for a project. For the project. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. Monster Furniture is the name I've been using for a lot of years. Oh, okay. Like there's like there's a lot of. Songs. I thought it was. I thought it was like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Monster related to the, the IKEA thing. Well, see, that's the funny thing is like it was. It's. I've been, I've, I was the furniture when I was in high school. Like, the oh, furniture okay. is a name I've had since I was, like, 16. Uh-huh. Then I started writing a lot about ocean monsters and shit, and then I was like, oh, monster furniture, that's okay. good. And then it wasn't until, like, many years later that I started writing about Ikea. And I was that's like, oh, that's awesome. kind of a neat tie <laughs> Yeah, definitely, like, definitely, because yeah. that's what I was thinking you got the whole No, dude, it's actually the, the other way oh, okay. around. I don't that's know, wild. it's weird. <laughs> but. Okay, so how many songs on that EP? Yeah. You um, say you recorded four at Rubber Tracks. Is there more than... Yeah, there's, there's more. I'm trying... There's going to be, like a couple EPs like yeah. I'm really unhappy with one of the songs that I oh, did at okay. Rubber Tracks because we wrote like First I wrote it like the or? night before and oh, like okay. Freddie was like over at my house and I was like frantically being like dude like how are we gonna finish this <laughs> and shit and like yeah. it ended up like being like pretty good but not what I wanted yeah I understand so uh, people can find your music on SoundCloud Bandcamp? SoundCloud is a good option Bandcamp is a good option all, mon- um, all, all Monster Furniture Monster Furniture Monster Furniture dot Bandcamp.com is a good what place what happens to start. with those Rubber Tracks tracks do you get do they just give them to you or they give them to us okay and then it's put, like can you find them anywhere for via converse well or? not yet because it's not out yet okay. um but uh as i understand the process because our band also recorded there uh-huh. and those ones are much closer to actually being released or whatever what i understand is you put them out and then you kind of contact rubber tracks or whatever and then rubber tracks like listens to them and decides if they want to use it in like any kind of like promotional things right. and i think they do i think they're yeah, like yeah. pretty they're like hungry for bands like right. anybody who hears this or whatever if you Send want like a great recording day apply to record at rubber tracks yeah so much fun yeah i had a, like, my old roommate record he was a rapper hip-hop guy and uh one of his songs he recorded four songs there three songs and one of them got picked by some NYU students to do they'd make video and then oh, Congress nice. gives them an $8,000 uh, budget budget to do this to do a video so he has this amazing video and they got to the per, whoever was directing their NYU students got to pick the song and he picked his song that's sweet it was, that's how it, it should it was, be it was that's really like how cool. this I feel like should happen right yeah yeah well thanks man thank you it, Carl absolute pleasure as always man All right, thanks a lot, Gabe. Uh, it's great talking to you. He's great insight, and uh, I'm friends with Gabe on on social media. And I don't, we didn't talk about this, but I just see him like almost every day posting a picture of his tuna fish sandwich, 
And I don't know what that is about, but it's one of those jokes that I, and like, I don't know the origins of it or anything, but it's like a sleeper joke that I'm first, I thought was weird. And now every day I see it and it just fucking cracks me up. It'll be like some days he makes it himself. Some days he gets it from the bodega and it's always just this like boring tuna fish sandwich with like a a styrofoam cup of water. It just, it cracks me up. So he's a, he's a funny guy. And, um, Obviously, you heard he's a great songwriter, and um, it's fun, a lot of fun to talk with everybody outside of Putnam's after these, after these shows. So thanks a lot, Gabe. Um, up finally, uh, we're going to hear from uh, Memento Mori, a.k.a. Freddie, who, uh, like I said, I know from the True False Film Festival, and then also just kind of being on the scene in Brooklyn. He's uh, playing a lot of music around, and we talk a lot about that. He's also in Trash Gendar. And then Memento Mori is his solo project, but he also does some noise rock stuff and everything like that. So he's um, also, you know, a guy on the scene and very well thought out, great lyrics, uh, very like intellectual in the way that he's like approaching, um, maybe not necessarily the, the music, like not like the scales and stuff, but like in his lyrics and in the sort of concepts behind his song. So I really appreciate that. And it's really cool. If one thing you get from listening to this podcast, that people that write songs think about their songs greatly, and they means a lot to them, you know? And sometimes maybe they're not the best songs, uh, you know, maybe admittedly, like, because I write songs too that I don't think are the best, but uh, you think about them a lot, and they mean a lot to you. So um, that's what I love about this podcast and having the show at Putnam's, that I give it's an avenue to uh, give a voice to to songwriters and stuff. So uh, this is Freddie, a.k.a. Memento Mori, and uh, he's going to be playing a tune for you. Finds me rooting, 
whole nights of wreckage The black bars, the dark boots I have beneath my pillow But tell me just how we crashed last night And I'm that cool of a girl in the first place Where I lay my head down And I'm burning up the surprises in the whites of your toe. But you're standing in the middle of all the shit and can't bear to look back Standing in the shadows and eyebrow raised to a wing Carved in that ink of earth, marking your skin that won't shift until I sing You'll come back to me, or you'll come back to me You'll come back to me, oh, oh. You'll come back to me, oh, you'll come back to me, oh, you'll come back to me, oh, oh. You'll come back to me, oh, you'll come back to me, oh, you'll come back to me, oh, oh. You'll come back to me, oh, you'll come back to me, you'll come back to me, Yeah, Thanks so much to Gabe. All right, we're here with Freddie, a.k.a. Memento Mori. Second time playing the Acoustic Sunset. How do you feel? Feeling, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good? Yeah. Uh, what kind of, let's talk a little bit about your gear. What kind of gear were you playing with tonight? You were, we were using your amp, which... Oh, uh, yeah, I got, I've got this, like, PV Classic 30. It's, um, it's like a PV Tweed amp that uh, I've kind of had this, like, had this love-hate relationship with. Well, like, <laughs> I love the amp, but it always, like, doesn't really love me so it's <laughs> been breaking a lot and then it was a constant battle with repairs but uh it sounded good tonight I, I, yeah it sounded great and like i'm really i'm always happy to have be able to actually use it because for yeah. a long period of time it just was stowed away oh yeah well it's not solid. a solid state it's a it's a tube amp yeah you just replace the tubes you were telling me yeah we just replaced it we, we have a practice space and then uh we we share a bunch with a, like with a bunch of other bands and it was one of those situations where I walked in to play a set or to do a practice, and then mm -hmm. the tubes were or like the amp just like wasn't working. And I was like, no, someone <laughs> killed my amp. Yeah. And then I had to go. Oh, because it the sits loops. in the space, other yeah. people use it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's a nerve-wracking thing. It is. I guess you know who's 
in there theoretically. Yeah. Where's the practice space? Uh, we're at the Pfizer building. It's like a the, well, the old Pfizer building on Flushing. Yeah, so it's like a nice little space. That's cool. Burning up in the summer, <laughs> but it's uh, you got to be sweaty when you're practicing in yeah. the summer. What are you, you going to be in the air conditioning? It makes it real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Uh, I have a th- th- uh, theory that that's why ob- everybody's obese now because they don't sweat as much as they used to. You know, everybody sits no. in air conditioning, and um, this is a bullshit theory, by the way. And I'm just going to keep rambling about it as this ambulance drives by, and then. Um, Let's talk about guitar. What kind of guitar were you playing? Uh, it's a Telecaster, but it's, I've had this... There's a really cool inlet on the... Or, like, inlay on the... Yeah, it's, um, my friend did that for me. And oh, was, really? And I was pretty happy when he did. It was kind of like a surprise thing for me. But uh, it was one of these, it was a funny thing, because I had wanted a Telecaster for a long time, and then just decided to sell everything, buy this Telecaster, and then the real Telecaster that I actually wanted... I saw for like $100 cheaper the next week. <laughs> Fuck. But I've gotten to the point I but I love I love that guitar. I don't yeah. I don't play it very often actually. And yeah. so it's kind of nice to like What do you normally play? You normally play like a Gretsch or something like that? No, I got this Washburn um oh. semi hollow that's okay. like um I, I never thought that I'd be a Washburn person cuz mm-hmm. they're kind of, they're like metal-y guitars. Yeah, like yeah. they've got this like neck that's made from metal. And I like I mean I played in some bands where I would do some sort of shredding things and then eventually right. just but I, I picked up that guitar from my brother and I put some like jazz strings on it and everything's like a little bit down tuned and everything. It's just really, really. It's got a great body to it. Yeah. So cool. The Telecaster's nice, but it's like it's such a different sound. Like it's like so twangy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They're known for that. But what about the uh, the fretboard? You said your friend did that as a. Is it paint or is it? It's a sticker, they... actually. Oh, okay. And I, I didn't even know these things existed. And then he just, he like bought one for me, and he was like, "Hey, I got this thing for your guitar." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then, so it actually gets, I, I, it's weird because I both like enjoy the fact that it's absolutely fake and people don't think it's fake at all. Right. But then I also like feel slightly weird about it being fake, <laughs> and then being like, "Yeah." But it, there's, I also started doing, after that happened, I was like, well, maybe I should just keep going with this. So there's like a lot of little tiny adornments on the guitar that aren't as noticeable. Uh-huh. Um, like my favorite is that I, I, I took the pickguard off and I painted it, but nobody knows because it's all there is is like a really, really faint blue line. Okay. And you'll never see it unless I like point it out to you. <laughs> and I'll just be like, oh yeah, I painted my That's pickguard. What... <laughs> and then people are like... What are you talking about? So, <laughs> you pa- you painted the blue line. I painted the, the blue, blue line. line is not the remnants of the old. Yeah, it's, it is the it is the paint. It is the, the yeah. paint. You just needed it. I'm yeah. a firm believer in putting some sort of badge on your guitar. Yeah, it's just like a nice personal yeah, feeling. Yeah, exactly. I remember I had my first. I got a bass and I put a sticker on it like immediately, and I've done it to pretty much all my guitars ever since uh, was there a song that uh, you played tonight that you would like to use in the podcast um, I'm kind of I was, I, so there's a song that I'm actually I have, I have a studio recording of well there's actually kind of two songs that are kind of interesting one I have a studio recording of it's called Rabbit Cell that Gabe came up on and played okay. with me uh, from Monster Furniture and I just went into the studio rubber tracks with that like a little while ago and I'm in the process of mixing and mastering it now and it it's always fun to play because it's just like one of the songs that all of my friends and all the people who know it 
it like has a moment where everybody kind of starts to sing along, and that's oh, yeah. like my, one of my favorite things. Yeah, but me then, too. There's also this song uh, that I, that I play. It's called Transmission, and it, it's gone through like three stages of development, in which it started out as this song that I wrote by myself, and then I was writing it with Gabe as a two-piece, and then we like adapted it, and then it became a band like a piece for our band Trash Jindar. Mm -hmm. And then now I just like kind of revisited it as a solo piece just That's to cool. see how it felt. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it still feels really good, but it's also really interesting how much it's changed and how it's developed Morphed to the point. Into, yeah, it's yeah, like it became cool. like a, another, another animal. And so. how do you write? Do you, I've asked everybody about this, but do you write generally lyrics uh, over a melody or do you write melody first and then try to... I do a, little, I do a lot of both. Okay. I do this thing, uh, most of my writing, well, it's, it's kind of a... Like some of the newer stuff has been a lot of like I'll have like a concept in mind and like I just know what it sounds like and I know where it's going to be. Uh -huh. um, but whenever a lot of what I'm writing is I'll take, I'll just mess around my guitar and mess something up and then try to recreate that fuck up. And oh, just yeah, yeah. Keep going back on it until I get to the point where I'm like, that's the thing that it needs to be. Uh -huh. And some of my, most of my favorite songs have come from these just like That's terrible, cool. like, well, like not terrible, but just like a flub right, that right. turns into like the entire oh, actually, lick of a guitar. Really good. Oh, and that's then, cool. And then lyrics will come, I don't know, the lyrics, a lot of all my lyrics are super concept driven, so that mm -hmm. like that's a long, lot of structuring, but then there's also a lot of times where I'm just like kind of. I do these like scramble poems where it's just, just like taking things from a bunch of different things that happen in life and uh -huh. then smashing them together. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends up becoming a piece. Yeah. Because you just you associate all of that stuff, you know? Uh -huh. And that's how a lot of it's kind of it's the, so the songs are the same way. The songs just like kind of become like this smash up of a bunch of different things and yeah. then suddenly have a life of their own. That's cool. It's sort of like a piece of your life in a way, you know? Yeah. Because you can look back and say, oh, that's that, that's that, that's it's that. It's definitely autobiographical and like I know the exact memory and scene for each line and moment of every yeah. song. And, that's I, cool. and it's most of the things that like if anybody were to ever listen to it, they'd probably never notice. So. <laughs> right. Sometimes when I'm singing a song, I do get the same thing where I'll, I'll sing a line and then like I get a flash of like a visual that I'm like, oh, that's where I was or that's what I was going through at that time, you know? Yeah. And then they start to mean different things too as time goes on. They definitely do. And uh, the thing about that is like, and I didn't actually play this song tonight, but there's this one song that's like, well, like I have a handful that are like this, but you, to, to really play a song right, you have to play it in the exact same mindset and have that like, recreate that emotional state. And so there's this one song that I have that's just like, it was a really difficult time and it's, always hard for me to play it because I, I love the song but at uh -huh. the same time it's just like to come back to that moment. Do I want to, to go moment. to that dark place? Yeah. I know. It's it's tough man because you don't want to live there. Yeah. It's nice to like that's what's great about songs and art in general that you can go to those dark places and like touch it yeah. and then like get the fuck away because yeah, I don't yeah. want to live there. And then some artists that you know live there it's like yeah. good luck. <laughs> you know. You can let it out and let it let it exist on its own right. as well. Yeah. So. And you guys are playing a show at Cake Shop. Yeah, yeah, we're playing on the when 23rd. The 23rd? Um, yeah, it's going to be That's a great... That's a Thursday night? It is know? a Thursday night, so it's uh, in like roughly two weeks. It's um, we're playing. It's going to be a good lineup. It's us and this band Spectral Fangs, who we've played with before, and then this band Frady Cat, who our friend Charlotte plays drums for, cool. and she's phenomenal, and they're phenomenal. And also Darkwing, so it's, it's like a bunch of... It's, we also played with Darkwing before. They're all, it's all really good bands, and it's really fun. That's cool. The Cake Shop's a cool, interesting venue. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the, it's a basement venue, and like the, 
sort of slopes downward. It's and this I was, nice little pit. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely a pit. I was there, and those drunk girls just like stumbling forward the whole time. But you know, that's rock yeah. and roll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for playing, man. Yeah, and uh, people can find your music. Memento Mori music uh, yeah. on SoundCloud. So we have a so- I have a SoundCloud and it's soundcloud.memorimento. Uh, Switcheroo. Yeah, it's a little swap. And <laughs> so Memorimento and then, um, but I also have a website of my own. It's just freddyweiss.com and that's D D I E W Y S S. And so if you go to freddyweiss.com, you can link to any of the music I make. Because cool. I also do, I have a band and then I do noise stuff. And so I have a bunch of other things cool. too. Is it all music or is it you? you I, I have some visual art. Um, I used to do, I mean, like I, I studied printmaking, was a screen printer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of that on there. And then, but it's also, uh, I've been doing poetry and then I've been working on sound, just like kind of uh, more sound ambient experiences, which I'm actually doing a noise ambient set this coming Thursday. On the the sixteenth, the Pine Box Rock Shop. Oh, okay. As warm canopy. Is warm that, canopy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, Got a lot of uh, pokers of, in the fire. Yeah. Right? Lots Let's of say. names. Lots of things. <laughs> well, thanks for playing, man. It sounded yeah. great. Thanks for seeing. All right. Thanks a lot, Freddie. I appreciate that. Um, again, it's really fun to talk to him uh, outside afterwards and hear all the um, buses and ambulance and stuff go by. Um, that's part of the audio world. One of the uh, most infuriating thing, if you're ever doing like sound, like recording sound for video commercials or television or movies or something in New York, it's infuriating because there's constant helicopters, planes ambulance, buses, everybody going by. Even we're doing this podcast in Paul's apartment and you can hear kids playing outside and Paul's ankle cracking and things like that. The the outside sounds are are frustrating for the for sound man or woman in New York and um but I wouldn't change it for the world, you know? It's like I'm not going to move to LA where it's like nice sound stages and stuff, but I love it. I love the fact that there's all this commotion going on around you all the time. It makes me feel alive and invigorated. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Episode 30, this is um, it's a good chunk, of, uh, good chunk of your brain that we have occupied for the past 30 weeks. And I want to thank you for listening. I also want to thank Putnam's for putting on the show every week. Thanks to Paul, who's sort of the technical director of this whole thing and edits it all. And um, I really appreciate it. Um, also thanks to all the bands that play because we couldn't do it without you one more time I want to tell you the email Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at gmail uh, if you want to get a hold of me I'll be playing at Rockwood Music Hall on July 3rd uh, check out my websites for ticket links or buy tickets the day of and also playing at Pete's Candy Store tonight so come check me out uh, if you can uh, come to Putnam's on the weekends because we're there on Sunday nights jamming out for you Uh, Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Peace, love, and rock and roll.